working at Metro, I can actually make a difference to clean up the air. But not only that, I, I would like for my kids to look up to me and say, oh, wow, look what my, my dad is doing. I'm Doug Deloney on this edition of The Next Stop, unleashing a greener future with Metro's zero emission buses. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. Metro's podcast. We welcome Andre Dragomir. He's the manager of technical services at Metro. I think that's your title, right, Andre? That is correct. That is my title. Okay. Uh, but like so many of us here at Metro, we are more than just a title, and we do so much more than what our titles suggest. So please uh, tell me what some of your responsibilities are. So my responsibilities at Metro uh, include writing technical specifications, uh, going to bus manufacturers to make sure uh, we are getting what we're paying for, inspecting the buses. Uh, once the buses get over to Houston Metro, uh, we do the initial testing to make sure that the bus is ready to be placed in revenue service. In addition to that, um, I also I approve all the parts that get installed on our buses or any other technology that uh, gets introduced at Metro. I know we have several different series of buses that we use and uh, now we're, you know, we're going into this zero emissions realm. So I don't know how you keep track of it all and the different parts that are needed for each one, but my hat's off to you. I was actually, I went over to your LinkedIn uh, stalking you. <laughs> well, you're a smart guy. It was almost like um, I was reading your bio. It was almost like you're a cross between a scientist and an engineer. I mean, how do you keep track of everything that it takes to keep our buses going? Pretty much. Um not gonna lie, I have no life. Uh, everything it's <laughs> everything evolves around what I'm interested in. And since I was very little, I was interested in moving mechanical things. So I uh, initially I became I wanted to be an engineer first, but quickly I, I realized that I went through four years of engineering, aerospace engineering, to be more exact. And I realized I wanted to be hands-on. I wanted to put my hands on everything and I wanted to see how stuff works. Um, and from then on out, it just I became a mechanic. I realized I really need to finish my degree, went back and finished uh, in finance. So I am, like you said, that weird mechanic with a degree with knowledge of finances. So that's crazy. Uh, I wow. um, constantly keep up with everything that's out there on the market. I think it's great that you have such a passion for it, and that's really kind of what it takes, right, to keep um, to keep our system going. And yeah, thank you. So uh, it's really interesting you say this because I I was actually having a conversation with my wife, and I told her I, I really want to do make a change in the world. I, I want to make a difference. Working at Metro, I can actually make a difference. I can help Metro just move forward towards battery electric fuel cell or zero emission buses in general to clean up the air. But not only that, I, I would like for my kids to look up to me and say, oh, wow, look what my, my dad is doing and look what technologies are coming in. And we need to show the kids that the buses is not just the bus. We, we are moving technology forward by introducing absolutely all of this in, and we have to get them excited about the future. So we have to give our kids a chance. So that's 
that's one of my passions right now. That's incredible. It is it is very rewarding working for Metro, no matter which position you are with at Metro. I mean, to serve the community and also, to, I mean, to put it bluntly, to get paid to serve the community. And we've got great benefits. So I would encourage everyone to, to head on over to our website, uh, workformetro.org or ridemetro.org forward slash careers and look for those opportunities. I do want to talk real quick about sustainability and specifically Metro's climate action plan because our electric buses and paratransit vans are actually part of a much bigger vision. The United States government has committed to achieving a 50% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. So to help with this, Houston Metro will obtain only zero emission buses by the fiscal year 2030. They're also going to apply green principles to the design and management of facilities and promote energy management and waste reduction opportunities. Now that is the very abbreviated version. Uh, You can read our climate action plan at ridemetro.org and there you will find out it's about more than just the vehicles used It's simple things like recycling the water that's used to clean our vehicles, recycling all scrap metal, tires, batteries, used coolants and oils, used filters, all of that would be recycled. So having said all that, we're not just talking about uh, electric or battery powered only electric buses, which I know is the big thing right now we're so excited about, but Metro has already been running um, something like, what, 400 clean running diesel electric hybrid buses, right? Uh, that, that, that is correct. Uh, we, we actually started purchasing hybrid buses in uh, 2007. So we have a long history of uh, running cleaner buses, so to speak. Um, in 2010, we purchased an additional uh, 276 uh, hybrids. And in 2011, we even purchased... Um, commuter buses that are hybrid. So we've been in the electrification business, so to speak, for quite a while. This is not something new. The only thing that is changing is how you store that energy, right? It's the the bus is the same, the the powertrain is the same, but instead of diesel fuel, you use batteries or hopefully in the future we will be able to use fuel cell buses so we can begin the testing on those buses to see how they how we can integrate them into the fleet so those those hydrogen fuel cell buses are also a form of electric bus is that correct that is correct the powertrain it's exactly the same it's just that instead of carrying batteries we are going to carry hydrogen tanks so this is part of the reason why if you look at you know metros some of the materials marketing materials, what we advertise when we talk about our climate action plan. We don't just focus on electric buses or battery electric buses. We, we like to say zero emissions because we're focused on multiple forms of zero emissions vehicles. Is that a, is that a good way to say that? <laughs> that, that is correct. Well, we are, we are Houston Metro. We, we like to say that uh, we are a technology of choice uh, agency. So uh, as we went through the progression, we went through the hybrid phase, but we learned a lot. We learned a lot in the process. Then we moved forward and we introduced CNG into our fleet. So as the technology was maturing, Houston Metro would adopt it. So now we believe that the technology has matured enough where it's okay for us to go ahead and move forward with battery electric buses. And the fuel cell buses are also at a point where they're maturing and we can move forward with that technology also. 
I think it's great. I mean, we, we always hear about, you know, naysayers as far as the consumer level, you know, people who buy their personal vehicles and they get an EV and people have been, they have been denying and downplaying and trying to say this will never work. They've been saying it for what, almost like 30 years at this point that it started with the hybrid vehicles that that's, that'll never work. That's not going to work. Then the electric vehicles started coming out. Oh, that'll never work. And we only see the numbers continue to go up and up and up because I feel like the batteries, you know, they're getting lighter. The batteries are more easy you know, recyclable. They they store more energy. They can get more better mileage out of them. Yes, it's a fair assessment. But like like you said, the batteries are getting lighter. Uh, we we can store more uh, energy per kilogram with the batteries. But at the same time, there's a fine line on how many batteries you can carry because in the end, we are in the business of uh, transporting people. Right. That's right. it's our main goal, and we have to make our customers happy. So. We have to be careful with how many batteries we put on the bus. There's additional technologies we can implement, like overhead uh, opportunity charging, where in about 10 minutes, we can gain an additional 20% state of charge, which equates to another 40 miles that we can keep the bus out there. So we there's there are downsides and upsides to everything but they can all be overcome we we just have to plan ahead talking about those batteries i i understand are the batteries on our, our electric bus it's on it's kind of on the roof or how does that work the bus we are purchasing we have six battery packs four of them are on the roof and two of them are underneath the bus outside of the passenger compartment in the back of the bus where the fuel tank would be so all those six batteries uh, have a capacity of 564 kilowatts. So the, the batteries being on the roof, though, I, I actually took a very brief ride on one um, for the first time a week ago. And I was surprised by the, the sound, you know, just because I'm used to the roar of the engine in the back of the bus, which... Um, it causes a lot of noise, but in this case, I only could hear like the air conditioning inside the bus. So that was kind of cool, but also I would say almost awkwardly quiet for us and the passengers. <laughs> well, that, that is correct. It's funny you bring that up because when uh, we first, uh, the bus came in, uh, initially me being a mechanic, initially I thought I'm, I'm going to miss that humming of the diesel engine and the noise of the turbo. But the more and more I've been riding in the bus, I am really enjoying the quietness of the bus. It, right. it's, it's really incredible how far we've come. And it seems like it's a little smoother of a ride too. Am I making that up? Or I mean, it just feels like it's a, a smoother ride. It, it is a little bit of a smoother ride. The bus is 3,000 pounds heavier. So it, it provides a little bit of a smoother ride. That is correct. Let's talk about the technical aspect. I mean, how hard is it to make this leap that we're talking about from traditional buses or our diesel hybrid buses to fully electric buses? Um, I understand we're not just investing in the vehicles, but we also have to invest in facilities and the tools to keep these vehicles charged and running. I mean, that's got to be pretty difficult. The first thing anybody should do if they're thinking to upgrade or move over to battery electric buses is go talk to the power company and ask the power company, do we have enough power available to charge the bus at the depot? For example, at some of our facilities, we have seven megawatts available at other facilities we are limited to one megawatt which would mean we can only have five buses at a facility while others we can house up to 50 60 buses so that is a long process uh, the, the infrastructure side can take up to two two and a half years because 
you have to get the power company you have to get contractors to come and dig and install additional power lines uh, you will tear up your yard and, and that that takes time so we've been working on the infrastructure side of it for at least two years and the bus takes about a year and a year and a half to build so you have to jump ahead of the bus to even get where we are today the right. infrastructure has to be in place and then the bus can come and charge because these these buses have a lot of battery power on board so you cannot go to the mall where there's a charger plug it in right. we'll, we'll stay there for you know two days to charge the bus <laughs> what our our buses right now uh, we can charge them from zero to a hundred in about three and a half hours and okay. with the opportunity charging on route if the buses come back at 50 percent they'll be ready to go in an hour an hour and a half so that's that's what we're planning to do right Suffice now. to say, I mean, this is a very well thought out and well planned process. This is not at all, well, let's just plug it in and see if the power grid can handle it or not. We're not doing any of that. We're doing a lot of testing, a lot of number crunching, and having multiple contractors and other companies and, and, and partners involved in making this happen. That, that's correct. And, and in addition, all of our chargers will have telematics, which means we can c- control the power that is required. How do we go about testing these electric buses? I mean, what kind of things are we looking for? You get and you drive it around? I mean, it's it's much more complicated than a personal electric vehicle, I'm sure. Uh, well, yes, and uh, sometimes you have to go back to the basics. So first we just drive it around to get a feel for the bus, but then literally we go back to the basics where we put water barrels in the bus oh, wow. and we just run the route and we just want to see what is going to happen. And that that's the basic part of it. The other part of it is we have data loggers and telematics on the bus, and we collect all the data just to see how the bus performed on the route at any point in the route throughout the day. Um, has anything surprised you so far in how the bus operates, how it drives, or uh, you know what it takes to get it running? So I, as of as of right now, I haven't had any real big surprises. They, they were all expected because I've I've been trying to work on, on uh, the on procuring the bus for the past few years and learning the technology one thing that surprised me one is the quietness and two um how the operators have accepted the bus that was a big surprise i thought it was going to be an issue but the operators jumped in and after about two hours they figured out they can drive the bus without touching the brakes so we can take back some of that energy through regenerative braking and that that was the biggest surprise for me. How that's really cool. The operators embrace that technology. Yeah, one of them. One of them actually spoke to me, and he said he loved the torque because it takes off like a Tesla. And I said, okay, that's fine. But when you have passengers in here, you got to obey the yes. thirty mile an hour speed limit. Let's not drive it like a Tesla. That that, that is correct. <laughs> we, yeah, we actually that that was part of the testing that we have done. Um, so in in acceleration terms, we tried to copy a hybrid bus, a diesel hybrid bus. Uh, diesel electric bus as much as possible so we do not throw the passengers around so that that is a very good point 
Sure, sure. I ta- I only spoke to a couple operators, but like you, uh, they really seem to, to like the vehicle. Um, of course, it's always nice to have something nice and new. Um, I'll wrap this up by uh, talking a little bit about um, earlier this year, we hosted um, U.S. Labor Secretary and uh, partners, um, including some union leaders at our Kashmir facility. I know you were there uh, because this also requires a big investment in people. We have to train up mechanics. We have to train new mechanics to work on these vehicles. And I know that's not necessarily your department, but can you talk to a little bit about that and how complicated it is to, to train up? So I, I think at Metro, we are a little bit of ahead of the curve because we've had hybrids for so long. Most of our mechanics are already trained in high voltage. We just now have to train the mechanics more on the battery, the, di- the diagnosing side, the electric motors, and they just pretty much have to become a little bit of a scientist because they will have to come with the laptop, plug up and see what is going on. You cannot just open up the battery and take a look at it. You will have to work with the computer to be able to decode exactly what is going on with the bus. And I like that we have some apprenticeship opportunities coming up um, and we received some federal funding to help train up some mechanics and some of these aspects that you're speaking to here. Um, so, you know, as these opportunities become available, you know, pay attention to the local unions, of course. Uh, AFL-CIO, I know, is one that we were working with. And uh, head over to ridemetro.org forward slash careers and um, to see what kind of opportunities. I know even in the traditional aspect of our mechanics that we use right now, uh, there's there's always opportunities and we have, we have hiring incentives. Um, do you have any other last comments or thoughts? Anything that I skipped over? Anything that you'd like to add? Uh, just it's a new technology and it's exciting. And uh, I cannot wait to see what comes up on the horizon. So thank you so much, Andre, for your time. This is great. This is so fascinating. I feel like we could have gone on for an hour. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That wraps it up for this edition of The Next Stop. If you want to read more about Metro's vision for a greener future, again, head on over to RideMetro.org and you can use a little search bar to search for sustainability. Thank you to you, the listener, and all of our Metro customers. As a reminder, you can reach Metro's awesome customer service team. Call us or even text message. Us 713-635-4000. I'm Doug Deloney. As always, drive less and do more with Houston Metro.